Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <laughs> this is it. It's over. The Celtics season has finally come to an end in a 135-102 to 102 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I am Jared Weiss, and this is the Garden Report postgame show on CLNS Media Network and Celtics blog. Over the next few minutes, we'll go over what happened tonight and what happened in this series and really what happened in this season. Before we do, I have to tell you about ZipRecruiter. The best way to hire people is to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan, and you will be able to post your job to hundreds of job boards across the Internet. It is the best way to hire someone. If you're Danny Ainge, you want to build a team that's good enough to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan, and that's how you sign up for free. Helping us out helps you out, and it is the way to hire somebody now. Let's talk about what happened tonight with the Boston Celtics, and that is they came out flat. They came out... uh, Stevens felt they were... It wasn't that they weren't able to be there, but just the apprehension, the lack of fighting through what could happen with Cleveland wasn't there the same way it was on the road. You know, I asked Avery Bradley after the game about why were they able to play at home the same way they were on the road, and he said that they just got beat up so fast and dug into holes so quickly by Cleveland that every time that they would hit back with those quick 6 nothing runs, which we saw a couple times in this game, they were already in such a deep hole that they weren't able to pick up through the despair. And that was something that Brad Stevens had really harped on after Game 3, talking about how his team would get put in these pits of despair where they couldn't run themselves out of it, and they were able to turn that around when they were in Cleveland. But tonight, it was the same exact story as we saw in Game 2, where they were blown out of the water early because LeBron and Kyrie showed up absolutely wanting it. Kevin Love continues to be incredible. I mean, their big three has been unreal in this series. They combined for, I think it was 96 points in the last game, almost as many as the Celtics tonight. They combined for, let's see the quick math on this one. So we have 15, it was, I think, around 74 points. And this one, I mean, they have been absolutely phenomenal in this series. They have a great chance against Cleveland. And we saw that tonight because their ability to dominate in transition is good enough to beat just about anybody. And there's one thing that Cleveland's really show that they could do is that they can turn any moment into transition. And it's something that Golden State has done so well. That's something that they were able to do against Boston. And Boston was beat up by those moments. And there were so many moments in this game where LeBron James would just be out in the open court and there was nothing they could do. And 
you know, the most spectacular moment of this game, I thought, even more than Kyrie Irving's absurd spin move on, I think it was Jay Crowder to get a pop back three where he did like the fastest spin I've ever seen, where I literally got vertigo watching it, was LeBron on the break doing a pump fake to the corner to fake out like two defenders and then just lay it up with ease. And, you know, he could have even thrown it down if he really wanted to, but there's something about the delicate laying it up with ease that just felt so sinister and vicious. And that was what was so incredible about what they did. Cleveland, they were a team that we expected coming into the series to beat the Celtics pretty handily. Most people pick five. I picked six because I thought this would be a game where they could probably hit back and force another one. I was very wrong in their regard, but you know what? It's a prediction. It's not always perfect. Uh, but, for, you know, frankly, after what happened with Isaiah Thomas, the fact that they were able to fight back the way they did in Cleveland, I thought that was a crowning achievement. And that was something that I talked about with several other reporters and people after the game was the fact that they were able to fight in those games in Cleveland. It, one, validated Brad Stevens' hype. Where Brad Stevens, he, his hype has been absurd, and now I think it's actually reality has caught up to it. And what he did in the series was incredible to the point that LeBron was almost praising him as much as he was praising his own coach, Ty Lue. I mean, it was really incredible to see the accolades that Brad Stevens is getting right now. It bodes very well for their future that he has thought of this way. But right now in their present, it was very clear that they have deficiencies with, I mean, an obvious lack of talent. A lot of guys after this game are saying, I got to become a better shooter. I got to become a better playmaker. Marcus Smart certainly being one of those guys. The Celtics kept grasping for straws. And even though they were coming up with something at the end, they were coming up with short straws. And they just didn't have what it took. But they certainly had the fight in them. And I think that is, there's one silver lining to take away from this series, no matter how bad things went at home, no matter the fact that they are the only number one seed ever to never have a lead at home in a series. Regardless of all of that, it was obvious a disparity coming into this series. The fact that they hung in there for as much as they did, I thought was impressive. The fact that they got beaten as badly as they did at home, that I think is the biggest concern. And that's where the talent issue really comes into play. So we'll come back in part two and we'll talk about some of the things that were said after the game, including some of the things I discussed with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, as well as with Avery Bradley and Brad Stevens. We'll be right back here on the Garden Report postgame show on CLNS Media Network and Celtics Blog. What's going on, guys and gals? Jimmy Toscano here from the Garden Report, and we are deep into the playoffs right now. We're having the right players on the court has never been more important to success. Maybe it's a little outside shooting, your point card running the show. Maybe you get the big man down low, getting dirty. The bottom line is it could be the difference between winning and losing. The same goes for business, including the business of basketball. Think about a team like the Celtics with their front office. Now compare them to a team, oh, I don't know, the Knicks, who may or may not have the right people running the show over there. So, Knicks fans, where do you go to find that top talent? Well, you can't find the best candidates by posting to one job site, okay? You need to post on all of the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. 
No juggling emails or calls to your office. Just simply screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. I've seen it. I've used it. I know how easy it is. Guys, find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all shapes and sizes nationwide. So listen up. Right now, my listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for F-R-E-E free. That's right. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Welcome back to part two of the Garden Report on CLNS Media Network and Celtics blog. I'm Jared Weiss. You can find me at Jared Weiss NBA on Twitter. This is our final Garden Report postgame show from the Garden after the Celtics lose 4-1 to one in this Eastern Conference Finals to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I wanted to tell you about some of the incredible moments that happened in the press conferences after the game, starting with Brad Stevens, teary-eyed, both, I would say, pensive, Sad, disappointed, but also proud at the same time. I asked him, how did you feel overall, aside from the fact that you wanted to win the title, how did you feel your team met its objectives overall? And he didn't, he didn't care for that. He wasn't mad. But he wanted to make it very clear there was no other objective. And what he said was, something he's kind of said before, it was that you don't have any objectives other than winning the whole thing. To him, the one goal you shoot for is that title because if you don't you're setting a lower ceiling for yourself and it's not fair to the team and then what's important is the focus on the day-to-day work and you someone that talks about trusting the process all the time something that they always emphasize it's something that you know all the great teams emphasize but one thing that he said about his team looking forward is that they're fully committed to getting better every single day and that it's hard to do that. And those character traits are going to be passed on over to this next team, whatever the roster iteration is. It's going to be important moving forward that they have to be passed on from the guys in the locker room to the next guys that come in there. And I think he says that with an idea that a lot of the guys on this roster, a lot of the bench guys that were an important part of really that hustle culture and the next man up culture, a lot of those guys are not going to be here next year. I mean, they have, I think it's six guys that is a good chance are going to be cleared out uh, for cap reasons. And he's really hoping and looking to instill those qualities in the next guys that replace them. Obviously, he has guys in place to be able to do that. There are the core guys that at least aren't expected to be gone next year that can do that. One of them is Avery Bradley, and I mentioned in part one, one thing that he was saying was that they they came out discouraged. And what he exactly felt was that there was, while there was a lack of fight in the team, there was always a situativeness with them. And that is something that they exhibited is that while they always got, you know, even in these games where they got completely beaten down and they were kind of giving up, they never completely fell out of the game. They didn't pull the starters at halftime or anything like that. I mean, these guys continued to run their stuff. There was a certain point, I think, where they just went up against a wall of attrition. Um, but you know, there's one thing that I thought was good to see about the way that they handle these blowouts is, you know, with the fans continuing to support them at the end. It's like, it's, it's like this ritual that the Celtics get blown out by LeBron James in the conference finals, and the Celtics start a Let's Go Celtics chant that carries them out and rings them out for the season. And that's something that Brad Stevens said was that it is so hard to lose at home because it's so hard to lose in front of these fans because they give you so much and they have such high expectations for you. And that was something that was really hard for him to swallow. Now, going over to the Cleveland side, 
Uh, I asked LeBron James something fascinating that happened in this post-game press conference of his. So the entire roster of the Cleveland Cavaliers essentially crashed the podium. You had J.R. Smith, who literally would not stop making contact with the championship trophy, the Eastern Conference Championship trophy, that silver ball there. He refused to stop touching it while he was up there on stage with Tristan Thompson, who was uh, donning the shades, who J.R. Smith actually in the hallway said, what are you looking like? I'll be sure out there. I, was a pretty, I, was, I didn't even think J.R. Smith to be old enough for that reference. Uh, but also Kevin Love was out there joining him. And, you know, they plugged the Road Trip and Podcast with RJ and uh, Channing Fry. They got all these great things in. But then LeBron talked about passing Michael Jordan. And tonight was a night where LeBron James passed Michael Jordan to become the all-time leading scorer in the playoffs in NBA history, which is obviously an insane feat. Richard Jefferson made it a point while he was in the locker room to say, I want to be the first to say it, that these records that LeBron James is setting at the end of his career, they will never be matched. They will never be surpassed. LeBron clearly appreciated that, and that's why I gave him the plug. But he talked about how when he was a kid, he saw MJ as a godlike figure that was unattainable. And that while everyone wanted to be like Mike, he saw the idea of being that kind of scorer as some sort of unattainable goal. So he looked to be a distributor. And he wanted to focus on everything else in the game to be the most well-rounded player that ever lives. And throughout this playoff run, he has constantly said, I am not a scorer, I am a playmaker who happens to score. Obviously, he is more than a playmaker. He is now the all-time leading scorer in playoff history. Um, it's, it's still insane. He's only 32 years old. He's got a long time left in his career. Um, but I asked him, how does it feel to think of the idea that when you were a kid and you heard want to be like Mike and you thought of him as a godlike figure as unattainable, how does it feel now to be in those shoes? Where you've passed Mike and you are the icon, you are the shoe king, you are the face of this sport that is really peaking in popularity, it seems. And what he said, I thought was really fascinating. I want to get the quote up right here. It was at the end of the day, for my name to come from the discussion with the greatest player of all time, it's like, wow, it's all part of the plan for kids to look up to him. Part of the plan since he started taking the game seriously to say, how can I get the youth to feel like passing the ball is okay? Making the extra pass is okay. Drawing two defenders, and no matter if you win or lose, if you make the right play, that's okay. The same thing that Brad Stevens talks about. It's all about making the right play. We really heard that in those defenses of Al Horford throughout the year when Horford's scoring, his rebounding numbers weren't great, that he made the right play. And that's something that LeBron has really talked about here, something he really valued. And he said if some kid or a group of kids, he listed every corner of the country, all around the world can look at him and say he made that extra, that that kid made that extra pass because of LeBron making that extra pass or got the chase down block or didn't give up on the play because LeBron didn't give up. That would mean the world to me. And he said, we'll see what happens. Appreciate it. And walked off. And that was the end of LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston for this year. They head on now to the NBA Finals. And it's going to be an incredible series. Even if you're a Celtic fan watching this show, you're bitter and you're angry. You're tired of hearing me talking about how great the opponent is because I love basketball. I'm not just covering the Celtics at this point. Um, We're going to have... A wonderful series. You know, I have no idea if it's going to be close, but the finals are going to be amazing to watch. We're seeing this Cleveland team is really peaking, and there's a lot of things that they were able to get away with against the Celtics that they won't be able to get away with against Golden State. Namely, weak side defending. 
no matter what Ty Lue can say about how complicated the Celtics' offensive scheme is because the way they're able to use inside-out passing schemes, the way they're able to run their splits in a way that's even different than what Golden State usually runs, there is no question that Golden State is more difficult to defend because they have great players all over the place, and you can't beg a player to shoot like Marcus Smart. You can't leave guys like Jonas Shrebko wide open or Kelly Olenek wide open, and those are the good shooters on the team, honestly. So they're going to have that new challenge. But one thing that I wanted to leave you guys with was talking about with Kyrie Irving. And I asked Kyrie Irving, glasses keep falling off here. Ask Kyrie Irving, do you feel that the synergy that you and LeBron have has reached a level that it cannot be stopped? And that was something that we've seen in those last few games. At first, he thought I was talking about their off-the-court relationship. I was trying to explain to him, no, I'm talking about you guys on the court. And he went into an answer that was, I think, about three minutes long, the longest answer I've ever seen in a press conference. It was pretty remarkable. You know, for a guy that's accused of being a flat earther and an idiot and all that stuff, he was doing that probably to promote the Road Trip and Podcast and really have some fun. Kyrie is actually one of the most pensive and intelligent people I've come across in the NBA. But he said that the synergy has come a long way between those two guys. And it's a hard balance to figure out. And in the beginning stages, they didn't want to step on each other's toes because of how special they both are and the pieces that they had on the team. But the special ones figure it out, he said. And he's eternally grateful to his teammates and all this stuff. But he said, when you look at how the team is run and who are the driving forces behind it, it has to be him and LeBron. They understand that it falls on their shoulders as well as everyone else. But preparing every single day, they have to carry it. And then he has to dedicate himself every single day to leaving it out there and expecting LeBron to do that side by side. And that was something that they really found in these last two games here. We could see the way that they play off of each other. There wasn't really a gap in the way that their offenses were able to flow. It was very seamless. We would see in years past where they were kind of, it was more Kyrie trying to defer to LeBron. But now they play off each other so well. They're coming into the finals with that momentum of playing off each other so well. And it's been really beautiful basketball. The stuff that they're doing has been just remarkable from a one-on-one perspective, but they seem to have really figured each other out over these last few games coming into the series where, you know, it's probably not going to get, they're probably not going to get that break that they got with LeBron uh, drawing the the technical, the suspension out of Draymond Green. This one, they're going to have to fight to the death against probably the most talented team that's ever been assembled. Obviously, this is a Celtics show, so I'm sure people will not be excited comparing that to the 86 Celtics or the, I guess, the 67 or 68 Celtics, I guess. I mean, you know, there's so many great Celtics teams in the 60s. Whatever the case may be, this Golden State team is incredible. We're going to get to watch an incredible team go up against a really great team that could be incredible. And I am excited for that NBA Finals. You're going to enjoy it. We're not going to be there to cover it because the Celtic season is over, but we're going to have all the coverage from exit interviews on Friday from the Celtics facility. We'll have draft coverage leading up to the draft, which is a month away. We'll have tons of great stuff. We'll see more garden reports. My boy, Jimmy Toscano, will be back here. He's out of town right now. We'll have Jeremy Carp behind the camera. Thank you to everybody that has watched. Thank you to all of our sponsors throughout the year. It's been Blue Apron, Indochino suit I'm wearing. Uh, ZipRecruiter is sponsoring us right now. has been great, carrying us through the playoffs, giving us, you know, giving us the support that we need to travel with the team. We've been traveling with the team the entire playoff run. It has been exhilarating and exciting for me, and I thank all of our fans that watch our show for supporting our show so I can get to do this and I can bring this content to you. All of our written content at Celtics Blog, all the videos on the CLNS Media Network, Network. It has been a wild ride. It's been a wild season. And next year, it's going to be even better. And I can't wait for it. So we'll see you tomorrow 
on CLNS Media Network for the exit interview coverage. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Media Network and Celtics Blog. We're signing off for the 2016-2017 Celtics season. Peace out. Ha, ha, ha.